Wherever you are listening to us, welcome to What's Wrong With Me, Doctor, a podcast dedicated to bringing you up close and personal with professionals in the medical field without paying the medical bills. I'm Ray Hammer, and we release new episodes frequently, so be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and please review and rate us so others can learn from the information and wisdom shared during this and other podcasts. You can always listen to us and find out other info about the podcast on our website, whatswrongwithmedoctor.com. During the podcast, our guest doctors share a lot of medical information. As informative and helpful the info might be, it's not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any diseases. It's strictly for informational purposes. This episode's sponsor is Boca Home Care Services. More about them later on. All right, let's get started with today's expert. I welcome our guest today. It's Dr. Michael Camerata. He's a cardiologist in South Florida who received his medical degree from University of Florida College of Medicine. He has 13 years of experience in cardiovascular disease, internal medicine, and interventional cardiology. Today, with the help of Dr. Camerata, we're going to talk about something that you can do to better protect yourself and your health. Curious? Stick around. Welcome, Dr. Camerata. Thanks, Ray. It's nice to be here. Nice to have you on our podcast, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this topic because I like to help our podcast listeners, and I think today's episode is going to really help them a lot. So we're going to talk about preventative lifestyle for cardiac health, risk factors, lifestyle, medication. We're going to talk to you today and find out what our listeners can do to improve their cardiac health. So let's get started and uh, talk about lifestyle versus medication. I want to talk at the beginning with factors that our listeners have very little control over. So what might those be? The factors that people really don't have control over, and frankly, no one has control over, are a patient's age, whether they're a male or female, and whether uh, they have a strong family history of, of cardiac disease or cardiac diseases. And this plays into a lot of anxiety because we all know that males over the age of 55 with strong family histories tend to be more at risk for having heart disease than females under the age of 55 who don't have family histories of heart disease. And unfortunately, there's not a lot that they can do to change their risk profile from those three risk factors. In terms of Genetics, though, one thing that we know that plays into the, the genetics is the, the patient's cholesterol profile. And some people have bad cholesterol profiles, but never go on to develop coronary disease or cardiac disease. And some people have really, really good cholesterol profiles, yet they have a strong propensity to developing that disease in the first place. And so upfront, we sometimes like to stratify people into their risk from family history. Uh, and a lot of times what we will do is we'll, we'll have a cardiac calcium score done on the coronary arteries to determine one's risk for their propensity to develop coronary disease rather than maybe somebody who's got a bad lipid profile, but they have really very little propensity to coronary disease. So somebody could be wired for it, not get it, and then not wired for it and get it. That's right. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I want to talk about uh, and spend most of this episode on some lifestyle behaviors that we might have control over. And I'm going to throw some things at you and ask you to address them and talk straight to our listeners. They can handle it and tell them what they should be doing and what a healthy lifestyle might look for. And I was always warned and told don't ask if you don't want to hear the answer, but I'm going to go for it anyway and, and ask you about 
diet, about food, what should should we not be eating for a healthy lifestyle? You know, it's interesting that you should ask that question because when patients come into my office, they all get the same basic dietary recommendations from me. And it's really one of the easiest parts of my job. People know what they're supposed to eat. It's not difficult to know that you shouldn't be eating potato chips, that you should be eating more vegetables. The problem really comes in the willpower to hold to the, to the heart-healthy diet. Uh, when it comes to actual diet recommendations and what we would say is the most healthy diet that somebody could be on, it's difficult to say, and people come into my office all the time asking about the various different diets, fad diets, all of these sorts of things. But every time something comes out in the literature, it's always something that's a variant of or the straight Mediterranean diet that shows that it has preventative properties for cardiac disease in your lifestyle. And just in brief, the Mediterranean diet typically consists of a base of a lot of vegetables, a lot of lean proteins, whole grains, nuts, low-fat dairy products, and minimizing the higher-fat, refined foods, the white rices, the white potatoes, the red meats, the pork, the beef, anything that comes in a bag from the store pre-prepared. All of these things are sort of on the on the no-no list from the Mediterranean diet. And one way that I tend to look at this diet is it's really what God intended you to eat. And so when we review the diet, we go through that with all of our patients and we tell them all of these things and it's it's just really a matter of willpower in terms of adhering to that type of diet. So are you saying that the Mediterranean donut is not a good idea? You know, <laughs> every, every diet is destined to fail if you say things like never. Because the second I tell you, you can't have a donut, you cannot have chocolate cake, you cannot have ice cream. The first thing you're going to want to do when you walk out of my office is go buy Dunkin' Donuts, the bakery, and then whatever your favorite ice cream store is. Well, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one who knows intellectually what it is that I should and shouldn't be eating, and I just make some poor choices, and that most of your patients hopefully uh, do the right thing. All it's right. just that when you are going to do these things that are not necessarily healthy and you know that they're not healthy for you, it's all about doing them in moderation, smaller portion sizes and infrequently. All right. We're going to come back in our second half and continue our conversation with Dr. Camerata, delve deeper into preventative lifestyle for cardiac health. And uh, we'll hear more about what you can do to protect your health and your heart. You're listening to the What's Wrong With Me Doctor podcast. I'm Ray Hammer, and I'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Boca Home Care Services, a family-owned and operated company in business for 23 years, referring home health aides to your house. The home health aides assist with activities of daily living. Boca Home Care Services' mission is to keep you safe and secure in your home environment. Check out their website at bocahomecareservices.com. Our guest this episode is Dr. Michael Camerata, a cardiologist in South Florida specializing in cardiovascular disease, internal medicine, and interventional cardiology. Doc, I want to continue with a couple more factors that might affect a person's heart health. Diabetes. Talk to us about that. Well, diabetes is a very 
big risk factor for developing heart disease. In fact, it's as important a risk factor for developing heart disease as having had a heart attack. We used to traditionally think of diabetes in two different camps. We used to think of it as the young kids who get type 1 diabetes and then the the older people who are maybe obese that develop type 2 diabetes and those being both equally concerning from a cardiac disease risk standpoint, but the type 1 diabetes, the younger children who develop it, not being able to to really affect that much. Over time, we've come to realize that uh, type 2 diabetes is not necessarily always older people. It's not necessarily always obese people, and we've started to see it more uh, frequently. And it's really important to have that well-controlled. Diabetes accelerates heart disease. It also masks any of the symptoms that one might have. So you may have cardiac disease, but not even know you have it because the diabetes has destroyed the body's warning systems and some of the nerves, and you're not able to sense some of the things that people might have when they have cardiac disease. So the symptoms from cardiac disease in somebody with diabetes can be very atypical and sometimes difficult to diagnose and to identify off the bat. So it's very important for people to have their diabetes well controlled. In diabetics, there's a very specific diet, limiting carbohydrates, trying to keep an eye on their hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of diabetic control over the course of three months, monitoring their blood sugars, and being very closely followed by their primary care physician for that. All right. Those with diabetes, take advice from Dr. Camerata. Watch your diet. How about smoking? I hear that's a big factor. Smoking is probably one of the biggest risk factors for developing heart disease. Of all the things that we talk about throughout this podcast, nothing is going to reduce your risk of having heart disease more than quitting smoking or not de- or not developing the habit in the first place. So, Smoking has been a difficult thing in the past. Obviously, nicotine is a highly addictive substance, and getting off of that can be very difficult. It's not just a matter of willpower, but more a matter of breaking addiction. The tobacco products, as we know them, all have their problems, whether it's smoking cigarettes, cigars, using smokeless tobacco, or even the nicotine replacement products, including the, the e-cigarettes, the, the vape products, they all have their own set of issues. They all have their own sets of health risks. And generally, it's the recommendation just to stay away from nicotine products altogether. If somebody's been smoking for a long period of time, 10, 20, 30 years, is there any benefit left for them quitting? There is benefit left to quitting, and it's twofold. Number one, if you quit smoking and you've stayed away from the tobacco products for long enough, your risk of developing heart disease can approach the baseline of somebody who had not had tobacco products in their system routinely. So 10 years after you've quit smoking, you now have a much better risk profile than you would have otherwise. So that's number one. But number two, quitting smoking can help slow the development of disease that may have been started because of smoking in the first place. And if you continue to smoke, you continue to accelerate that disease process. 
And it's not just heart disease, but also what we call peripheral vascular disease. All of the arteries in the body can be affected by smoking, including the arteries that supply blood to the legs, which can limit blood flow to the legs and can make exercise difficult and can even cause what's called critical limb ischemia over time. And people do lose limbs because of their smoking habits. So I I encourage our listeners, listen up. This is important stuff. How about uh, obesity and being overweight? How much of a factor is that? Being obese and being overweight is a very big risk factor for cardiac disease. And again, it's in several reasons for that. Number one, being obese tends to elevate blood pressures, which is a cardiac disease risk factor. It tends to lend people more to being diabetic, which we've already spoken about is a cardiovascular risk factor. It also tends to denote somebody who is less active, less exercise, and those sorts of things can be a risk factor for having increased uh, risk for coronary and cardiac disease. It's always recommended that people lose weight, follow a strict diet, and try and do the exercise that's recommended by the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association. Doc, which is what? What, Exercise-wise, what's the recommendation? So typically, we as cardiologists recommend that people participate in 30 minutes of aerobic exercise every single day. Now, sometimes I tell my patients you can take the weekends off, but most of the time I still recommend that they do it every single day because if I ask for seven, I'll probably get five. But 30 minutes aerobic exercise. Aerobic exercises, I tell people, include walking, jogging, running biking, swimming, rowing, and sometimes people with orthopedic issues can't do any of those things. So we even recommend that they get in the pool and walk back and forth in the pool to sort of offload the weight on the joints and things like that so that they can participate in that exercise. The goal is to get your heart rate up to what we call the 65 to 85% of your maximum predicted heart rate, which can be easily calculated by subtracting your age from 220. This could have been a very down podcast, but you're giving people hope. You're giving people answers. You're giving people direction. Can you further share with them some direction where they can get some more resources, where they can find out more of what they could do to avoid cardiac issues and improve their cardiac health? Well, one thing I recommend that everybody do is to buy a book on the Mediterranean diet. Again, I think it's it's a really good diet. It's something that you can adhere to. It's a lifestyle The lifestyle includes exercise. The lifestyle includes a good diet plan. And there are many resources available out there in terms of books. Uh, One diet plan book or a recipe book that one can look into is the American Heart Association's cookbook, where they have many different recipes so that people don't get particularly bored with just eating chicken and vegetables all the time. It it has very healthy uh, recipes of all types of different foods so that people can sort of remain interested in their in their dietary style. The other resource that I recommend people look into is really the American Heart Association or the American College of Cardiology. They have resources for patients and for the general population in terms of healthy cardiac living. All right. This was fantastic. And again, you leave us on a very positive note. So reminding our listeners to always look for that ray of sunshine and hope. 
Dr. Camerata, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your wealth of wisdom with our podcast listeners. You're very welcome. And our guest on this episode was Dr. Michael Camerata, cardiologist in South Florida, who received his medical degree from University of Florida College of Medicine. He has 13 years of experience in cardiovascular disease, internal medicine, and interventional cardiology. Thank you again for joining us on this episode. Of course, thanks to our sponsor for today's episode, Boca Home Care Services, referring home health care aides to your house to assist with activities of daily living and to keep you safe and secure in our home environment. Check out their website at Boca Home Care Services. I'm Ray Hammer, and as a reminder, we release new episodes of What's Wrong With Me, Doctor, frequently. So be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and please review and rate us so others can learn from the information and wisdom shared during this and other podcasts. You can always listen to us and find out other info about the podcast on our website, What's Wrong With Me, Doctor.com. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.